we hit the guest line uh, to kick off our fourth hour, Maggie. Yeah, Scott Price of uh, Sports Illustrated wrote a really just heartbreaking, very real piece about a uh, former football hero, Nick Bonaconti. Um, you know, a story that's just complicated. Um, his rise to playing with the Miami Dolphins, winning two Super Bowls, the undefeated season, and then thinking that, you know, his son, Mark, who has been a quadriplegic for over 30 years after suffering a spinal cord injury in a football game when he was in college, that just added to the complications of his relationship with football and, and still always loved it and, and, and never blamed it. And, and now we're seeing with Nick Bonaconti this sad turn of a story and a life that's just been uh, just a layered, you know, is one way to put it. it he's got neurodegenerative dementia, and um, it's it's sad. You know, there was a, a video circulating around earlier this week, Moose, of Nick Bonaconti. It's it's hard for him to do daily tasks, button a shirt, um, tie a shoes, tie a tie, things like that. It just seems so. It's it, it's so heartbreaking to see someone who was so beloved and is so beloved struggle like that. And and Scott. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us. You know, I know that you had written a piece about Nick Bonaconti. I believe in 2009 was the cover story. How did you find him then, and then how did you find him now? Well, well, actually, Maggie, uh, thanks for having me. Um, I I wrote a story about Mark, Mark in 2009, but that was the first time I did meet Nick in 2009. And it, the, the story about Mark was sort of how he had rebuilt his life and, and based on, um, uh, along with a guy who he... Uh, who who he hit that that the, in the accident that um, that caused him to be paralyzed, um, and I met Nick at that time, and he was an incredibly dynamic figure. I mean, he looked 15 years younger than his age at the time, and and uh, just you know knew everybody and was sort of the center of of his world. This is a a guy who's who's as I I, I dare say aside from Byron Wizard White um, had the greatest post. Uh, NFL career or football, pro football career I've ever seen, um, in the in the sense that he had four different pinnacles after uh, a Hall of Fame career with the with the NFL. I mean, he was he was the president of U.S. Tobacco. He was a, a sports agent with all, for for over thirty athletes, including Bucky Dent and Mickey Rivers of the Yankees. Um, and then he was a, a, a broadcaster for twenty three years on HBO for Inside the NFL. And then and on top of that. He started the Miami Project with, uh, co-founded it with Barth Green, neurosurgeon, uh, University of Miami, the Miami Project to cure paralysis. And over the years, Nick is, 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 is almost directly responsible for raising $450 million to, uh, in the fight to sort of, to, to basically cure spinal cord injury, uh, and, and, uh, and in the fight against it. So he's had this incredibly dynamic, incredibly sharp, um, he was the, he was the head of the Dade County Democrats for a while, um, and when I met him, he was that way. Um, and then um, I hadn't spoken to him until last fall um, when his family reached out, and then and then Nick called me, and he called and 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 left a message and said, "Hey, please call me back." And his speech was very sort of halting and soft, in a way that just isn't Nick Bonacani. And at the end, he he asked, you know, uh, I could hear him say to his his wife, Lynn. How do you turn off the phone? How do you, how do you hang up? And uh, he he had no idea. And so I met Nick um, and Lynn out at um, Pebble Beach. Um, uh, he was there doing um, uh, an event called the Legends uh, Invitational, which is this gathering of, of of former players and Navy SEALs, and it's incredible for an incredibly great cause. And Nick got up and at one point, you know, was on stage for 25 minutes. 
and he was unbelievable. I mean, he was he was uh, you know uh, speaking off the top of his head, introducing people by name and title. Uh, a heckler s- said something to him from the crowd, and bang, he he responded wittily to the guy right right away. And so, if you looked at him then, you thought, boy, seventy five years old, I'll take that. Um, except that you know he sort of teetered coming off the stage, and when I spoke to him beforehand, he was talking to me how lost he felt, and he he had just fallen down the stairs. Uh, uh, in his home in Long Island, um, he, you know, was was outraged by that, and 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 has experienced a ton of falls. His left arm is is almost um, unusable at this point, and is 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 uh, in terms of uh, of motor um, um, ease of motor use. Uh, he's just had a, a terrible time. The problem with this story, or not the problem, but the problem with someone of, of Nick Bonacani, who who suddenly seems, he said, to have taken 500,000 hits in his career. He's 75, six years old now, and and at that age, of course, age appropriate uh, uh, decline in the brain is is absolutely uh, a matter of daily life, right. and certainly a factor. So, part of what what I thought this story was valuable about was two things. One is is that. Nick is an outlier. He's not your normal player. This is a guy who has all the advantages of mentally and, and financially. He's also hooked up with a, a hospital dealing with him every day. People uh, are there uh, essentially catering to him because, because he's done so much for them, and, and they should be. And, um, and yet even he's confused, and he's now in this search to try and find out what it is that's wrong with him. Uh, doctors all believe that football had uh, played a, a big factor, the amount of hits that he's taken. But, of course, with, in Nick's case, it's incre- in, in, almost in, impossible to say specifically football did this because there are all these other elements of age and physical injury that are sort of complicating the, the, uh, the picture. Um, Scott, I, I'm curious, how is he handling it all? Um, you know, and, and certainly the day in, day out. But, I mean, how is he handling everything? Is he, is he regretful? Or does he think look back on things that, and decisions that he has made? How is he handling this entire process? Well, you know, to me, you know, I, I think it depends a little bit on the day. I mean, to me, Nick said, look, I, I don't know if, uh, you know, would I have played football um, if, if I'd known what I'd known? It was, I, I have no idea. I, it was my only way out. It was the only way in a, in a poor family to get a college education. And Nick is certainly fatalistic in many ways. Uh, you know, he says, you know, you, 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 everybody pays a price. You know, every, you know no, there is no free lunch. That's the classic Nick um, take on things. Um, I know uh, for the video for this, he said specifically, um, I wouldn't play football knowing what I know now. So it really depends. But overall, I think, look, he made the choices he made. And, and, and like a generation of men who went into coal mines and steel mills and other things, they knew they were taking some hits. They may not have known the exact cost of asbestos or, or injuries that came to them on the job, but they felt it was the sacrifice that was asked of them by society and their families to, to do what needed to be done. I will tell you, look, he's, he's definitely depressed. He can't golf anymore, and that was really central to Nick's existence. Um, after after playing, it gave him a, set, a social center and 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 a, a, a place to fuel uh, put his competitive sort of urges. Um, he is partnered by an incredible wife, his Lynn uh, Lynn, who really is, you know, they're the unsung people in this story. I mean, uh, the 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 families, the wives, the kids who are taking care of their parents. Because obviously the attention is always on the star football player, 
and um, but it's the people and and but that person who's in the middle of that illness often doesn't understand what's happening to them or see it as clearly as the person who lives with them every day and the person who has to organize visits to the hospital uh, get up in the middle of the night call 911 for the many visits to the emergency room that Nick has made um, from all the falls he's taken so um, he's incredibly fortunate to have a partner in in his wife Lynn um, and 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 again yet even with that um, he's um, he's struggling and he's confused and 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 the fact is, is, and that's one reason Nick wanted to do this story. He he said to me. In fact, I, I would say it's the main impetus for him. He and Lynn said, "Look, if I'm having this problem and Lynn is hovering over me, making sure things get done, can you imagine someone in the same situation who can't figure it out? Yeah. There are plenty of guys out there who, you know, aren't plugged in, uh, especially his generation. You know, they're not on the web. They you know they don't go to websites and know how to navigate." Um, you know, the Internet uh, and, and or don't have a great affinity for it. Uh, maybe they're divorced. Maybe they're living alone. Maybe they're cut off from their families. Maybe they're not really talking to their teammates that much. There are 20,000 players who are covered by the concussion settlement. And, you know, uh, right now there are maybe 1,000 players who have been helped by the Player Cares uh, NFL various outreach uh, uh, programs. And there are outreach programs for players. They're definitely there. But there needs to be more guidance for them, uh, and, and there needs to be an, a significantly more aggressive outreach um, to help these players <laughs> through the system. Yeah, and in some ways, we're talking with Scott Price that you know Nick says he feels like forgotten a little bit, and I oh, think a lot of the players from that generation who are dealing with these issues feel like the NFL has forgotten about them. And 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 let let's be very clear about this: Nick Bonacani and that generation, late '60s, early '70s, believe they built the NFL. Uh, the league as it is today, and they're absolutely right. Everything we think of about the NFL as a cultural phenomenon, not a sport, but as, as where it is in, in the society today, the dominant force, the Super Bowl, all began with these guys. When we think of the DNA of certain teams, the personas of the Steelers, the Dolphins, the Jets, the Raiders, it all comes from that era. And essentially, it's now coming home to roost. Those guys are the ones who feel, we built this game, Pay attention to us. They, they understand they paid a price. There's, there's this weird uh, phenomenon when a story like this comes out. People will say, well, they knew what they were getting into. And, of course, that's absurd on one level in the sense of, um, you know, nobody knew about brain trauma like we do today. They know what they're getting into now. Right. There's, there's no question. But then they didn't. Was it a rough game? Was it a brutal game? Did you know you were sacrificing your body? Absolutely. Yes, they knew what they were getting into. But they had no idea that mentally they were going to be facing these debilities. And so that's an absurd take. And the fact is, these players do agree with that. Like, they're, they, like Nick said, everybody pays the piper. I, I knew what I was getting into physically. But you know, if I knew it, then, then and this is the, the, the reasoning, then the NFL and the powers that be also knew it. Take responsibility and be compassionate and reach out to us and make sure we can get through the system. Keep in mind, the system's complicated it's been, it's, it's, to begin with in terms of getting help from the NFL. Then there's the, another layer of what's now medical and legal uh, uh, bureaucracies involving the concussion settlement, and you're talking about guys 60, 70 years old who Many of them are, are, are attacking these, these systems, these levers of bureaucracy, with declining faculties. Right. So, so they're even less equipped, um, and they're not necessarily trained. 
So the NFL and the team specifically, I think, have to be the ones who reach out to them because, and, and again, there are outreach programs, but the NFL has to make it an imperative through the teams because the teams is what the, is what the guys are loyal to. Uh, the teams are, are the, and, the t- and their teammates, and that logo is what they feel most comfortable with, not necessarily the league. So it has to come through each individual team, and, uh, but the league has to put the power behind it uh, to show that it's good and that they're going to, that they're going to welcome players and make it as easy for them to get through the system as they can. Yeah, Scott, he, he, you know, Nick is fortunate to have a lot of help, as you mentioned. Uh, not many former players do or people that are in his position dealing with some of the similar symptoms that he's dealing with have that uh, across the country. So, I mean, that's a positive. I mean, overall, though, um, I asked you about his state of mind. Yep. What's, the, what's the prognosis here moving forward for Nick? I mean, it's, it's, it's further decline. I mean, to be quite frank, I mean, uh, he's, you know, he has options of, you know, going to, say, UCLA or some other places, do some experimental tests to find out um, what he's facing with, you know, CTE, um, uh, uh, you know, how much tau is, is actually on his brain and, and clogging it up. Um, but there's no stopping it. Um, and, and the fact is, is that um, overall he's facing, you know, you know decline there's no cure at this point and there's certainly no reversing where he's in what there is is i mean he can do physical therapy he can do sure. occupational therapy there obviously are you know the knowing what you have i mean there's a value to that of course because there's medications involved and he's got prostate cancer and other things you want to make sure of the right balance of medications so so it's incredibly valuable that he knows what he has so he can have a comfortable day-to-day life um you know again nick is comfortably well off uh, and he's got a devoted uh, and, and, and incredibly bright partner looking out for him. But it's, uh, it, he, he's not happy. <laughs> no, I, yeah. And, Scott, the, the first symptom, does he remember the first symptom when he started to feel a decline? It's not necessarily the first symptom. I mean, I mean it's more like Lynn, you know, saw it coming first. For, for her, it was, you know, he was driving in Fort Lauderdale. And, you know, she, he, he was behind the wheel, and she was she – was, um, uh, you know, in the passenger seat, right? And and you know, driving is an extraordinary uh, um, experience of sensory, uh, you know, sort of a, a, a galaxy of, of of sensory sort of in, uh, stimuli coming at you all at once: sounds, sights, turns, left, and it all sort of a, you know hit Nick at once. And he he tried to make a left in an intersection and sort of bounced on a curb and 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 didn't know what he was doing. And, and at the same time, though. You know, he was doing sort of the normal things, which was losing keys, uh, you know, forgetting appointments. But then it sort of began piling up. You know, suddenly he was calling from the gym and, you know, came home from the gym on a, on a freezing day carrying his coat and just frustrated because he'd forgotten how to put on his coat. He just uh. couldn't figure it out. He couldn't figure out that that sequence that we just take for granted. Um, then he started, uh, you know, obsessing over food, staring at his plate, um, and then the falls began. I mean, the falls have been devastating. I mean, trying to sit down in a chair and all of a sudden keeling over, not feeling pain when he fell over. And he's meanwhile covered in blood and cuts. He, wow. he was, he's, he's obviously angry. And, you know, at one point uh, when he fell down the stairs and, and uh, just before I saw him, he was screaming, you know, I should just kill myself. It doesn't matter anymore. I don't think Nick is suicidal uh, uh, overall. I, I think that's more rage and frustration. But he said it. But I'm just saying, I, I just I don't think he's that type of guy, and his family doesn't either. 
Um, uh, he, he, there's too much will to live in Nick. In fact, in fact, Nick is the guy who's trying to find the solution. I mean, he's not passively taking this. He really would like to figure it out. Um, but it alternates at times with, I know I'm going to degenerate from here. I know I'm going down, and, and what's the use? So he, he's whipsawed back and forth between that. And it's, and it's extremely tough, and it's heart-wrenching for all who love and know Nick to, to, to not only see this happen, but to know the power of his will and what he's achieved in his life and to know that he's feeling so frustrated now because he's been able to solve everything. He's been able to run through walls. He was an incredibly small linebacker, uh, 5'11", 220, and uh, he was the heart of the no-name defense that went undefeated. I mean, this, and, and, and a brilliant football player, brilliant football mind. So it, it's, it's heart-wrenching on many levels. Yeah, and just, you know, I hope that he knows, you know, the amount of good that he was able to do with the Miami Project and being there for his son for all of those years, that he can, you know, help others who don't have the name recognition, the money, the resources, and but I just know how incredibly difficult that is as he's going through it. Scott, we really appreciate you coming on. Thank of you, course, Scott. If you want to read the article, and I, I would absolutely recommend that you read the piece, I feel lost. I feel like a child. The complicated decline of Nick Bonaconti. You can read it on the MMQB.com. Really appreciate it, Scott. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me.